Hey, this is Glenn. Welcome to another episode of Difficult Questions. This one is super difficult. And because of the color of my skin, I don't want it to sound like I'm being flippant or blaming. But it's how can minorities be racist? And the reason I'm asking this, it's it's on the back of Kanye West and his anti-Semitic rhetoric of recent. And it's on the back of LA City Council and these Hispanic uh, council members speaking very ill of other browner, smaller Hispanic people, of gay people, of black children. How can this happen, right? In the, in our righteous world of, especially because of, well, I, I cross a line between uh, entrepreneurs, which are historically or can be uh, conservative. They know how to make money. They're trying to make money. It's all about making money. The social stuff doesn't really matter. And sometimes they can be crass. And then I was a theater person. So I'm, I, I, my, a lot of my friends are uber liberal and I guess some of them you could call social justice warriors. And so this idea that, you know, the, the conservatives or the Republicans are racist and, and the, the Democrats are the best and, and they would never do such things. And then all of a sudden you have these democratic council members in LA speaking this crazy stuff and you have this black guy that's beloved rap artist and designer and he's a, a mogul and he got into design and out of media and he made all these strides and now he's speaking this anti-Semitic rhetoric and then before when Trump was was in the presidency, he was making friends with Trump and how can this happen and how 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 are these how how are minorities which are getting the the bad end of the stick in the first place, how can they hate on other minorities, right? And we know the answer. We very much know the answer. We don't want to talk about it. And and I I wanted to talk about it because this podcast is difficult questions. And I'm, yes, in, in some circles, I'm probably the wrong color to be talking about this because there is this idea that that the white man should stay silent and all things that are, that are, um, racial because it's not your place i say with my background and the way i look at things i'm going to talk about it and 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 we're going to dive into it and and really it's you know minorities are people too and we all have our comforts we all grow up in certain ways and we all have our fears and we all have these the the way we live our life and the knowledge that we have and and in some way, we find comfort in knowing that our way is the best way. And why wouldn't it be? And Or our way is at least not supposed to be criticized. Criticizing our way might mean that it's not right. And why wouldn't you think that it's right? So I want to kind of go into my experiences of different cultures and, and seeing how people do things differently and how they view things differently and and why people would be really uncouth and why they would be angry and why they would be not forgiving. Uh, and I think that 
in this culture, especially now, being unforgiving is the new hot thing. It's been the hot thing for six or so years. I would say since Trump got in office, you know, he was really unforgiving of people and he spoke these crazy things that polite society wouldn't normally speak. And then that became the way to get views and the way to get attention. And, and people started rallying behind that. So now kind of everybody's doing that and they're being real, right? In the early 2000s, it was being real, which is being rude. And I think that a lot of people experience frustrations because they're not experiencing success or they see that their, their life is slighted in some way. And so they're being real. And I think this is what Kanye is doing. I mean, he's now in the upper echelons of making money, which being black in America is, is a unique experience, right? To have, to have these people that you are succeeding with and most of them are, do not look like you and most other uh, people that look like you are not nearly as wealthy as you, but now you're rubbing elbows with these people and you're seeing how they make money and you're seeing why. And back in, back in my day in the nineties, we ran into this with public enemy, a, a rap band that I much, very much followed and, and enjoyed, but they had someone in their entourage part, professor Griff and professor Griff was, was the public enemy was making its way and they were, they were meeting people they normally wouldn't meet. And in entertainment, Jewish people have succeeded. That's one of the ways that they have found a, a minority has found a way to succeed. And so I was listening to another guy talking about Kanye and he's like, rich black people have Jews on their mind because all of a sudden they see, oh, you're a minority and you figured out how to make it. But at the same time, Jewish people are really protective because they've seen historically how they've been scapegoated. Oh, the Jews are making too much money. There are reasons for our failure. And so they're really sensitive about talking about Jewish people and their success. And in fact, just talking about Jewish success is anti-Semitic because it can be a threat or they, they see where it has gone before and they don't even want to go down that road. Right. So, so what Kanye says, even when he, he backtracks and he says, well, I'm Jewish because we're the Jewish, we're, we're black Jews. And, you know, I think the Jewish community is like, is, is worried, right? Because you have this popular black guy that's all of a sudden pointing his finger and blaming the Jews. And uh, Professor Griff did this with public enemy back in the early nineties. It's, it's this, Jewish people have found a way to succeed in the United States and they have certain industries, just like the Korean community has found certain ways with small business loans to succeed. And just like the Vietnamese community, you know, I, I had a friend in, in, in graduate school and she was uh, South Korean and her family came with her while she went to grad school because that was their reality. Family always sticks together. And they bought a laundromat. And I just thought, okay, that's a stereotype, a South Korean-owned laundromat. But I was talking to a, a friend that's a Israeli, and she was saying, she was on the podcast, I think episode four or something like that. And she was saying the stereotype, she came from Israel to the U.S., and the stereotype is for for Israelis to get into construction because that's a business that is kind of they 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 culturally can pass that knowledge on and i think 
Jewish people have those industries, entertainment being one. And I was listening to a documentary talking about how Jewish people are historically, they, they, they aren't allowed to be front people, but they're, they, they're allowed to succeed as middle people. And so they're lawyers and they're bankers and they're, they're entertainment. But even talking like them, talking about them is possibly a threat. And I think that's, that's one, that's how Kanye is. Uh, he always, he has, he has a filter problem and he just speaks his mind, whether that's mental illness or that's just him. And that's his part of his success. He sometimes steps on his own words and some of it comes out very negative. And that's the thing when you're frustrated, you speak negatively if you don't watch yourself and negatively turns racist or it turns against people. I have friends in the black community that don't understand transgenderism. They don't understand gender identity. That's not for them. That's a threat for them. It's a threat with their religious upbringing. And so their way of life is not, not acknowledging that, not being that. And they don't want to talk about it. And, you know, you think, well, well, how can you be an oppressed class and, and, want to oppress another class. Well, it doesn't go in their life view. And and I'm not saying all black people because there are black gay people, there are black transgender people. There are, it, it's not, it, it's, it's what I've seen, right? And I'm just talking about what I've seen. And I'm trying to explain why, just trying to open this dialogue up because it's, we're not perfect. We're people. And for example, I, I grew up very, uh, in, in a very diverse community, but there were some cultures that I wasn't familiar with, Jewish being one. So whenever I meet someone that's Jewish, I know I know, don't know things. And my ignorance, sometimes I can step my own foot. And so fortunately, I've had enough dealings with people of different cultures of Indian and Korean and Chinese and Black and um, other nationalities, Russian, that I know I don't know everything. And so I, I kind of, I'm very careful, but I put my foot in my own mouth before. Uh, one of my friends, I didn't know she was Jewish. And I said, I made some comment about stereotypical Jews. And it was um, in reference to, let's say, the the Jewish people in New York, the the Hasidic Jewish people, the people that dress in certain ways, or here in Beverly Hills, it's very uh, noticeable, but that's not necessarily where I grew up in Sacramento. That didn't happen a lot. So I made a comment about a stereotypical Jew and she started thinking I was not a cool person. And I just had to, okay, I'm a little ignorant here and please, oh, you're Jewish. And, and that's another thing. Some people don't lead with that. They don't need to lead with that. Uh, some people don't want to share their ethnic background, their cultural background. Some people do. They want to lead with that. Uh, the other, another culture that I didn't have a lot of contact with, believe it or not, was specifically Mexican. So from Mexico, uh, where I grew up in Sacramento with the people I went to school with, there weren't a lot of families from Mexico. But then I ended up dating someone for a long time that was from Mexican descent. Her family was, some of them still were 
in Mexico and some were in the U.S. and been there for a generation. And what I realized is I was, I was saying stereotypes that they, because they didn't know me and they didn't know my intent, all of a sudden, and because I wasn't realizing that I was saying some hurtful things, I was hurting them. And we as humans step on each other's toes all the time because we're feeling each other out. And to be completely cautious makes us very uninteresting and we can't speak freely. So there always has to be some kind of trust and some kind of forgiveness. But if you're walking into a complete group of strangers, you might not feel comfortable. And and I think that's what we're running into is people don't aren't experienced with things. And so they just hear about the Jews or they hear about the gays or or they hear about um, what was the, the city council thing about black kids. You know, that that black kid is being raised by like a white kid because he was ra- his father's white and gay and he was adopted. This kid is adopted and he's three and he's excited and he's acting like a three-year-old and this woman who grew up in a stereotypically Mexican household where you control your children. That's kind of a, I think a poverty thing too, where affluent people are less hands-on controlling their children. Maybe that may be a stereotype and may be offensive to someone. But anyway, she was talking about how this kid was raising this black kid like a little white kid and he was bouncing all over the place like a little monkey, which don't call black people monkeys. That's no, they're historical things. You know that like certain things you don't call Mexican people and to, to all of a sudden accuse someone of being illegal that is brown and Hispanic. I have a friend that's from Argentina and he considers himself, I think, white. He has blue eyes, but he speaks Spanish. And when I say Hispanic, he his 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 feathers furl. And he's what do you mean? Because he doesn't necessarily identify with what US considers Hispanic. Because when we when the US people say Hispanic, a lot of times I was listening to a comedian once and he said, if you're in the West, you're talking about Mexicans. If you're in if you're in um New York, you're talking about Puerto Ricans. And if you're in Miami, you're talking about Cubans. And so his joke was that he, depending on where he was in the country, he was a different, of different Hispanic origin, but he wasn't Argentinian. And I have a, I, I had a foreign exchange student friend that was from the Basque country in Spain. And she did not identify with people from Mexico at all. But in my stupid brain, I was thinking she speaks Spanish, they speak Spanish must be same. And I think my, my Argentinian friend is, <laughs> has that same problem. He's like, that, 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 their culture is not my culture, right? And, and I think that's where we get to be racist. But we have to lead with some kind of forgiveness. And we just have to correct people and know that they didn't mean harm. And if they did mean harm, you're going to ask them to not be harmful. Uh, I'll just lead with a, a couple of stories of my, my own uh, experience. I had a friend in Las Vegas and he was half, I found out he was half Mexican, half Italian. So I called him my favorite Mexican Italian, which I thought was funny. And he said, stop. <laughs> and fortunately I am 
open enough and people have no problem, they know that I can be corrected, they say, stop. They don't walk away and say that Glenn Dunsweiler is a jerk and I don't ever want to talk to him. He said, I, I don't appreciate that. That my heritage has not, my, my family heritage has nothing to do with me and you right here in this job. I'm just your friend. I'm your coworker. Stop bringing up my heritage. It doesn't mean anything. Note taken. Thank you so much. I learned so much. Buddha, thank you so much. Uh, and then when I was in graduate school, my South Korean foreign exchange student friends, one of them looked at me one day and she said, you know, you're cute, but I could never imagine kissing a white guy. <laughs> I just thought, what, what? I must be really open and people don't mind telling me these really kind of racist things. But again, she's of a minority. She's a foreign exchange student. She only knows South Korean. She's, she, we're okay with each other. And then the joke became that every time I would see her, I'd pucker my lips and she would run away. And that was our joke. It wasn't mean. It was just, but it was racist, right? Uh, and I think we need to, to lead with a little more forgiveness. And Kanye's got his problems. He makes a lot of people money. We should uh, probably not listen to him right now. <coughs> that would be best. But people are making money off of him. So, I mean, go capitalism. And then this L.A. City Council, people have asked people to step down. The major offender has stepped down. Uh, two others, you know, they're, they're at least, if they're not going to step down, they need to be respectfully corrected and say, this is not the way that you should conduct yourself. Calling for people's resignation and firing people and rage and anger, I don't think gets us very far because rage and anger can be thrown back and forth forever. It's ugly. Someone needs to stop and be kind and extend that olive branch. What do you think? Thanks so much for listening to this. Bye.